I've been thinking, and I apologize for my use of foul language, foul with a W, in regards to yourself. You said some very hurtful things to me in regards to myself, but it is still no excuse to use the vile word that I used, of which I am sure you know that I'm talking about. Cunt, right? Yes, Elliot. Oh, yeah. Welcome, my friends, to Cut to Black, a soprano sit-down. In regards to myself, my name is Jim Scampoli, and I've seen every episode of The Sopranos. In regards to myself, that which I know I'm sure you know of, my name is Jacob Burrows, and I've seen 56 episodes of The Sopranos, which is 56 hours of us sitting sitting down to watch this, and an additional 56 (laughs) hours, on average, of us discussing the show. Uh, It just kind of struck me, that's why I highlighted that at this point. We're getting up there in Sopranos years, everybody. Uh, We're becoming real mature, which is why I'm giggling still about that clip from the intro. Um, So, All Happy Families, Season 5, Episode 3, Who Put This One Together? Well, this is actually episode four, but yes, the people that put this together, this this episode (laughs) was written by Tony Kalem, who you actually may know. She's the actress that plays uh, Angie Bump and Saro, Big Pussy's wife, Uh, and it was directed by Rodrigo Garcia. Uh, This is the one and only episode of The Sopranos he did direct. He did go on to direct episodes of Six Feet Under, Carnival, Big Love, a lot of HBO stuff, So, uh, but this is it for The Sopranos. What about Tony? Did she do a lot of writing, or was she mainly an actress? I'm just scrolling through her page now. I can't see that yeah. much with uh, you know writing. Yeah, I don't think there was a lot of writing, and she's the only other uh, cast member besides um, uh, Michael Imperioli, who plays Christopher Moltisanti, to uh, cross over to the writing for The Sopranos. Really interesting. I mean, as someone who is interested in television writing, this makes me go like, hmm, actor, right? I should, it should be a lot easier to become an actor, right? And then you can easily transition into being a writer, right? Uh, not sure if that's the case. She has a writing credit for one episode on The Big C. She wrote the TV movie Infidelity and uh, something called A Slipping Down Life and this episode of The Sopranos. But yeah, uh, good episode anyway. Well done, Tony. Yeah, I agree. Um because it, it's it's interesting like obviously with season four we have the big blowout with the uh, at the end with Tony and Carmilla and we've only kind of seen little glimpses at the fallout of that and this this episode you know a few episodes into the season we finally get a little bit more of some of the day-to-day and especially like with with uh, what Carmilla's up to uh, with this change and they've con- they're continuing the thing of like, you know, we we have some Tony and Carmilla scenes in the kitchen like we usually get, but now the house is way darker. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't quite look the same. Uh, so I like what they're doing with that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, let's get right into it. There is some mob stuff in this episode, but it feels like the main thing is about AJ, which is probably why we open up with AJ driving in and out of the driveway. I guess he's practicing his uh, parking, right? I mean, that's what I assume he's doing. Yeah, yeah, he's just kind of speeding back and forth, uh, driving through, just being uh, being AJ, I guess. Mm. Okay, um, so Tony, um, Tony B, what, what was it they called him? Tony Eggs. Uh, yeah. Tony <laughs> Egg uh, or uh, is... Tony Uncle Al. <laughs> yeah, so he's, uh, he's hanging out at the pool with his two twins, and Tony comes over with like a drill, which and uh, when they brought up that he gave it to Carmilla's cousin, I was like, oh yeah, I actually do remember him like handing it over in a scene. You know, did you recall that as well? Because I was like, oh yeah, and they, the point wasn't to give him that; it was like a distraction. So of course he forgot that he did it. it oh, kind of fun you detail. know what? I actually didn't even realize. So you just bring it up now. Yeah, when they were down talking, kind of business, and then he gives them yeah. the oh, I'm just borrowing the gr- uh, the drill, uh, and yeah. then I guess you can kind of assume. With the separation, uh, Tony doesn't outs, ha- yeah. he doesn't have that same relationship with that dude anymore. But yeah, that's yeah, a nice detail. Sense. So there's also a line here where he comes into the car- kitchen and Carmilla's watching and she goes like, they will probably go through their entire lives not knowing their father's sperm was smuggled out of jail to get Nancy pregnant. And I'm like, okay, Tony. Uh, this is Tony with an eye. 
I don't think it's her fault, but that's a clunky ass line, and it's such a weird thing as well. Like, (laughs) what a weird thing! It feels like it's just there because someone fucked up the dates of like shit. He's been away for thirty years, but the kids are like twelve. How do we make this make sense? It and and Tony's just like, well, I had to do something to like. It's the least I could do, and it's like okay. So that didn't make any fucking sense, or at least it felt like it didn't, and they just put that in there so that people wouldn't go, but wait, how are the kids that young? It's weird. I I believe that as well, but I also believe, like, with the way The Sopranos is written, that's a funny, that's also just kind of a funny thing, and I know that they like little funny moments, but it does feel like something they would get a little bit more into. Uh, But then again, I don't know how you go about, like, you don't need to have a flashback episode where that happens. I, I, because I, part of me feels like they heard a real story that someone did that, and they're like, "Oh, this yeah. is too good. Where can we put this?" And yeah, it's it's not the the most graceful way to do it, but I think it's a fun detail, and it says a lot. At the very least, it does still say a lot. Uh, ties into Tony's thing with his kind of guilt with Tony B, and that he would do something like that, and it is this weird mm-hmm. Sopranos. Uh, I mean, I guess because yeah, because we do know that Tony B has an estranged daughter, and maybe it is this weird machismo like Game of Thrones. I need a male heir. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. No, I mean, saying so. Oh, good. It, it, it. I guess it just says. Uh, yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't like yeah. it that much. And and like we have, so so he has a a, a woman who he was with, who ha- who wanted to get the sperm smuggled out to have these kids, but she's not going to show up for his, like, welcome out of jail party. And True. given it's been some years since those kids came into the picture, but it's just, it- it's like they put it there to answer a question that I hadn't even thought of, and instead it just raises 10, 20 more questions for me, and not necessarily in the good way that The Sopranos usually does. But yeah. anyway, they quickly move past that onto the drill instead, and-, and Tony gets a bit worked up and has to sit down and and he he almost has a bit of an attack now and and uh she brings up like what did your therapist say and and he says something along the lines of well like you're the only one who has to cut back on things because of the separation despite the fact that i'm pretty sure he stopped going there before that it's such a great tony it's such a tony moment that he's trying to make carmilla feel bad like and yeah it's uh, it's somehow related to their separation that he's not going to therapy and then even like his weird blow up at the end where it's like, this is why we're separated. And I love the current. I was like, this is not why we're separated. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I want to back up a little bit to Tony B's scene because he's not in this episode a ton. But I think they do kind of say a lot with a little at the beginning when he's just kind of looking at the house. And, you know, yeah. clearly he doesn't have this. And even like, I mean, Tony kind of doesn't have this anymore either, but you know, nice big house. He's got his feet in the hot tub. They got a pool, you know, it's, it's, it's always tough when you're the have nots around the haves. Yes. And you're right. I was also thinking like this scene would usually be like to, to show, ah, he has all this and I don't, but then it's also like, well, Tony doesn't live here. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it adds an extra dimension to it. He does say Tony that he had a full blown panic attack uh, or or an attack rather, and and I I don't remember which one he's referring to here. I don't know if that was in this season or, or the previous one. Do you remember? Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, no, I don't remember either. Because I was like, I was wondering, was that is he referring to something off screen? Is he? I don't think he would lie about that because it makes him seem weak, sort of. Um, So it probably did happen. Was it on screen or not? I'm not sure, but it doesn't matter that much because they get into talking about AJ, which is the center of the whole episode here, talking about how they have to go in for a meeting to talk about his lousy grades, and she's upset about the iPod and the drums and all of that. And like you said, he's like, oh, this is why we're not together. Rushes off. Oh, he storms out, but, you know, it's not a therapist's office, so we're not counting. It's not quite a storm out, but... Then we see Lorraine again, and um, I mean, this is a pretty quick turnaround because wasn't it just the previous episode where they gave her a scare? Yeah. But now it's yeah. like, and, and uh, Alan Steppenwall in the Sopranos session kind of points this out, is that this feels a little bit more mean-spirited for the Sopranos and kind of misogynistic because now it's just she's running around naked and being chased through her home and just, like, murdered straight up. I mean, especially if you do subscribe to the theory that it's based on a 
on a real person, a critic of the show. Uh, yeah. But again, it, it depends on how much weight you put to that. There's a lot of violence on the show. But yeah, it is just kind of she gets out of the in the previous episode. She's r- ready to suck cock to stay alive. Now she's getting out of the shower, being chased around. She finds Jason's already dead. And then uh, she, she gets put out of her misery as well. Uh, we see Phil Leotardo kind of out in the car orchestrating the whole thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Carmine Jr. gets the news. There was this whole uh, warning, like you said. And what did that lead to? That led to Tony sort of bringing in people, making suggestions, and then it all fizzled out. Like, nothing really happened with it. He was like, yeah, we'll do a triumvirate. And then Johnny Sack didn't like that, so I forget I mentioned it. And then nothing was actually fixed through all those meetings. So I guess it makes sense. Yeah, of course, we got to escalate it like a a motherfucker. Just escalate it all up up the wazoo. It is... Uh, I don't know. It's it's weird when you have to go like, well, at least they only murdered her, like when she's running around naked there, because y- you would oh, think yeah. maybe they'd throw in something, some sexual assault as well, which would be not great, obviously, but instead they only, in quotation marks, murder <laughs> her. Because uh, I kind of, I, I guess they're they are good at introducing a character where like, oh, I want to find out more about this character, and then they're dead already. So she, she only had like three scenes: introduction, the one where she almost died, and then the one where she died. Oh, okay, yeah. she was in the mediation thing as well, but but generally speaking, so uh, yeah, uh, it's yeah. a bit sad. But uh, either way, we gotta play a funny sound effect about it. Oh, that's right. I, I was even. We gotta do. We gotta do two then, right? Because we also gotta yeah. count Jason as well. So, yeah, damn, tossing them up on the goddamn counter. Let's go for it here. Yeah. Give me a second. Let's do it, please. Gatsada, Malanga. Yeah. Does that play the next and? one? God damn it. Gatsada, Malanga. We so we're up to, what, 45 now? Yeah, we're on 45 deaths now. These are official deaths, uh, counting only um, things we've seen on screen to, to people who've been in the show before. Or Plus animals that really matter. Yeah, yeah, pile <laughs> uh, If there are animals, then they're important. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we we call the shots. I know some people have different counts of how many deaths are in the Sopranos, but like I remember, we didn't count like some lady in a coffin that we'd never heard of. But we might count someone if it's on screen if they've been in the show. Uh, we we play by our, by our own rules, uh, much like this lady who got murdered. Mm. Um, so yeah, like you said, little little Carmine finds out the news. We we meet this other character here. I don't think he's been in it before. Who's there? Kind of like, oh, Brooklyn's gonna be on our side, and we're gonna do this, and we're gonna do that. And I'm like, oh, is he like the brains behind the carbine operation or something? Yeah, and there's illusions. I didn't pick this up myself. Again, I mean, uh, to plug the Sopranos session, um, they're describing this as a George W. Bush slash Dick Cheney relationship, and I guess it would be time specific if we're going back the old George W. Bush years of America where uh, Carmine Jr. is kind of more of the, you know, he fumbles his words, the bumbling leader, and then maybe there's someone pushing him in, in the behind the scenes. Now, this character is named Rusty. He's played by Frankie Valli. Uh, Frankie Valli, the front man for the Four Seasons. You may have heard the songs like Big Girls Don't Cry, uh, Walk wow. Like a Man. Uh, I always think of Frankie Valli. There's a line in Goodfellas. When Karen gets stood up by, um, um, I'm supposed to face on his name, but Ray Liotta's character, uh, when they first meet, and she gets stood up. She goes, "Who do you think you are, Frankie Valley?" Uh, I'm nailing it. I'm nailing the impression, if you, if you yeah. will. But, but yeah, it's just a weird like stunt casting because not that I would even recognize it, but I just remember that Frankie Valley had a cameo on uh, Henry Hill. Is from The Sopranos, by the way. I'm from Goodfellas. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. I, I, I wonder if we'll see more of him or not then in that case. I mean, Carmine's all upset about it, obviously, but uh, still like indecision about what needs to be done. But it is like, it's almost like it's it's more of, it's not really about this particular person you murdered. It's more like, yeah, we're sending a message to everyone else, uh, which is what we get to discussing in the next scene with Tony hanging out with his crew. And Feach shows up as well. It's a Feach-heavy uh, episode for reasons that will become apparent. Um, but yeah, they're just sort of discussing how they're sending a message in that. And uh, yeah, Feach tells his story about, well, in the old days, it would have gone like this and like that. And uh, yeah. And Tony, Tony's re- already, like even in this first scene, and as we see throughout the episode, 
He's sick of Feech's stories about the old days. We do hear yeah. uh, a bit about the card game that um, uh, to- Tony and Jackie stuck up when they were kids. Uh, and, you know, the 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 legend of the Feech Lamana game that we've always heard about. Now we have Feech, and Feech wants his game back, even though Uncle Junior yeah. currently handles the game. Or basically, if Uncle Junior's handling, Tony's handling it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Tony sort of uh, reluctantly goes, hey, yeah, you 20% and I, you rent the house from me or whatever. And he says like, ah, I'll just leave before I mess this up further. And I'm no, I can't tell if he's happy or not, but I think Silvio says like that guy is never happy. It's never enough for this guy. So, you know, we better watch out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's very clear that he doesn't like the deal, but he's, he, his comment is making it seem like, ah, what a great deal. Uh, and then he, he has like a couple other comments too. Like we'll send one of the little kids out to get stuff. Like when Adriana's like, you yeah. want anything? Um, then he makes kind of a comment about Adriana being attractive or something that, you know, Christopher makes yeah. a face at, uh, then it all kind of ends when he leaves and Tony's like, he's old. And then we get a nice cut to Carmela looking at Botox, uh, <laughs> because you know, we're all going to get old. We're all going to be feech one day. <laughs> that's the dream yeah um yeah looking at these botox flyers and uh, aj comes up asks about some concert he wants to go to um and she gets to or has to be this person who says no all the time which is what she's been complaining to tony about but we swiftly do move on to the actual card game which you know it's working great but Feech is going around telling the story that no one's interested in listening to even though by all accounts sounds like a great story yeah uh, he's got his toe his, uh, in a yeah. In a in a stri- in a stripper's pussy or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So uh, he he's telling the story, but they're just trying to play play cards here. Um. And then Tony shows up as well, and uh, you know everyone's loving Tony, which is another thing we do get into in the whole episode where he. Uh, well, yeah, I he think what's pl- I think what's important about yeah. Feature's story as well is I think you're right. People are kind of uninterested, but they're still. They res- there's a respect there because as we see like yeah. the laughing because they still are reacting to his story there's kind of a general feel that they're not really they could take it or leave it but they respect Feech enough that they're still kind of laughing and going along with it uh, yeah. and yeah that becomes more important as Tony starts to open his eyes and see what you know the pen- potential there might be uh, we should call out or I'll call out anyways that Lawrence Taylor is playing the game with them. He's a NFL uh, linebacker from the New York Giants. Uh, there's a few cameos like that because we have LT, uh, and then later on we see David Lee Roth is at the game. He's playing himself as well. And I think even the Brillstein character is like a um, like a real person. He, he's a, uh, I don't know if he's like an agent or a manager or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they they sprinkle in, uh, yeah, Bernie Brillstein. They sprinkle in these cameos to show that like they got connections to some of these higher ups. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, now that you mentioned it, yeah, that I did recognize at least one of those people you mentioned. I mean, a lot of it is lost on me to be yeah. honest. But uh, yeah, uh, Van Halen, uh, the hair. We, we I got there <laughs> in the end. Um, but yeah, like you said, uh, it. They they kind of respect him. They kind of have to, and that ties into what happens with Tony moving forward. But either way, we do get back to AJ, back to his school adventures or misadventures as he, oh, they have I'm, to sit outside. And I'm oh. sorry, I know we kind of already talked about it, but I just I do want to yeah. point out too that it is interesting, especially in hindsight, where you know where the episode's going, the way that Tony comes in, and there there is this weird battle of like stories like who wants to be the guy running the room uh yeah. and then tony takes you know the he, he takes his punchline away from him and kind of went ah kaputs yeah. i'm sorry but yeah go ahead <laughs> yeah i didn't even get his punchline either like both stories were lost on me <laughs> yeah. to be honest uh, i'm like yeah neither of you guys are funny which is but but everyone's laughing yeah. what a coincidence maybe because you all have all the money and all the power um, so aj and his parents have to sit and listen as some some fucking punk comes out of the office and he's he's <laughs> he's on the gravy train he's already yeah. heading to college and it's like oh come on in i guess and we have to sort of advise aj on how to actually get his shit together and i will say aj does look more respectable than maybe i've ever seen him in this scene because he's wearing a shirt his hair is cut <laughs> i'm like oh this new school they sent him to maybe worked partially 
Yeah, yeah, and I mean, uh, I, I like his when he they mentioned the ADD thing, and I do remember that was like in one of the I think maybe even season one where they thought maybe he had ADD, and yeah. he picks up on that uh, and kind of is even like, well, I get unlimited time on my SATs. Uh, it's very now because especially yeah. here in America, we're we're running into this. Uh, these scams that the rich elites are pulling where they're pretending their kids have learning uh, disabilities to get unlimited time on the SATs. Yeah, uh, which which I wouldn't know about, but I've heard about it on the yeah. podcast Jim and Them, which <laughs> yeah. you can find at jimandthem.com, run by our very own Jim Scampoli. And Carmela was a common meme, I mean, at least in Soprano sequels, with with that story because I mean we've seen Carmilla when she's went in and like threatened the lady to write a recommendation for Meadow. So at least in movies and TV, you know, uh, parents go above and beyond. Now we're finding out they're doing it in the real world as well. Oh, well, I don't know if they're actually going to uh, get him unlimited time on his SATs. Oh, yeah. But I, as far as I understand in this scene, uh, he's been analyzed. And like Carmela has some papers about like saying he's basically like a normal kid who just can't get his shit together basically i don't know if that's like an old paper um or if that's like a new thing but either way the counselor suggests or guidance counselor whatever is the college application advisor uh he suggests um maybe he could go see a psychologist on a regular basis and tony gets to use his line from the fucking pilot (laughs) (laughs) but whatever happened to the strong silent type and like Weirdly, I would almost expect him to use his cred of like, no, 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 I've gone for five years, it's bullshit. Like, yeah. <laughs> he would do that, but instead he reverts to like, no, no, I still want to seem like a tough guy who wouldn't see a therapist even to this 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 guy who doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah, just some, some advisor. Uh, and yeah, I, I guess it's a little weird. I didn't know what to read from, yeah, they when Carmela pulls out the papers, because the advisor kind of, in my mind, throws it more into the middle ground, and Carmela's the one that protests a little and is like, no, I know my son, I just know he's lazy, and I need to kind of stay on him. So it, it, I don't know if they're really making a statement one way or the other. I feel like uh, probably the feelings uh, is from the show is that maybe we are too quick to say kids have ADD. That was kind of the thing when that first came up on The Sopranos. But either way, mm-hmm. it gets through that point. And yeah, I love when Tony brings up Gary Cooper, the strong, silent type. It's one of my favorite Tony things. Uh, and then we, we, they step out of the office. AJ's being like, yeah, dude, I might be d- learning disabled. <laughs> and Tony has to be like... Score! <laughs> yeah. Tony has to be like, aren't you supposed to be going to class? And then we hear about a couple kids that died in a car wreck oh, yeah. on their way to school. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? Because, uh, well, we'll get more into that in the in the next few scenes. I just wanted to mention I loved his comeback as well, where uh, the counselor says, well, he, Gary Cooper, wasn't a 16-year-old kid. And Tony's like, well, he was at one point. Yeah. <laughs> and we can <laughs> assume fair. he was a strong, silent type. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, we go to... Um, we go to Melfi's office, and there's someone sitting out there, and there's like a, a gift basket that looks more like a, a chest or something full of bath products and things. Yeah. And we already know what's going on at this point. I think Carmela does, uh, sorry, <laughs> Melfi does as well, I think. Yeah, but she even has to be like, oh, what's this? Like, hoping maybe that that guy brought a <laughs> gift basket? Because, you know, I, I, I do think she knows it's from Tony, but like, oh, no, please, not more from Tony Soprano. Uh, yeah. but yeah, it is from Tony and then we'll get more of the details later. Uh, they, I like the moment here where, um, then we have AJ with his, uh, tutor. Uh, and I guess, does this, pre- this must, pre- does this predate Google? Oh no, it's gotta be around, uh, Google. I mean, Google I existed, but Google is, I mean, it's famously a number as well, right? Or yes. No, but I just mean in gen, like before, like. It was the regular thing because I know Buffy was like one of the first shows to actually reference the Google search engine. Uh, uh-huh. But either way, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, he's well, just—he's clearly struggling with AJ. Like he, you could see the kind of desperation of like, give me an answer. Uh, and then Tony shows up, perfect timing with a nice new car. 
Yeah, and what's your guess on this question? If a million zeros could be written on the front and back of a sheet of paper, how many sheets of paper are necessarily for a Google of zeros? Um, as far as I've found, uh, Reddit explains it as you need a shit ton of paper. I think that's the whole point is like you need a lot more paper than you think. It's not two. It's not a hundred. It's like millions and millions and millions of pieces of paper because it's such a large number. Yes. Yeah, because I don't even know what the number is. Because if you try That's to search like, what it is, you're going to get a lot of Google Chrome, a lot of Google Drive, a lot of Google Voice. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I have it here, but I can't read the number because yeah, exactly. there are so many zeros. So, yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, he's. I don't really blame him, honestly. Presumably, the only way you can blame him, if the answer to the question is written in the book right in front of him and he just read it, then maybe yes. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's having some trouble there. But uh, the trouble is cut short because there's a new nice fancy car. Um, and yeah, and, and Tony's using it as a motivational tool. I guess it's it's more in the right direction than before because it's kind of like, yeah, you can drive it once and then you can drive it when your grades get better, sort of. But I mean, it's still not quite there, but he's trying. Well, and also I just love the... They don't focus on it too much, but we see the shitty uh, car that the tutor drives away in. Uh, yeah. after AJ's getting his, you know, new SUV for being, for doing nothing really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which maybe I'm just so used to shitty cars. I wasn't like, wow, what a shitty car. I was just like, yeah, oh, he's leaving. <laughs> um, but yeah, he has been helpful enough to put his, uh, billing in on paper because episodes ago, Tony requested, ah, oh, the tutor's got to put, the, it's got to be in writing or I won't pay for it. Carmela has a pile, a stack of things to to get paid for there, but uh, she's uh, she's also fairly upset, right? She's kind yeah, of yeah, because uh, AJ AJ's like consistently mean to her, and he's mean to her here yeah. as well. Like, and she's just being nice. She's in the back seat. She makes a comment. Well, first, AJ, I like that AJ has to bring up that SUVs eat up the ozone. I'm gonna get shit for this at school, but that's oh, worth <laughs> yeah. it. And yeah, Carmela says something, and then he's like, "I wasn't asking you or something." Like he's he's very mean to her and. You know, it makes sense because she has to be the real parent. Tony gets to drop in whatever he wants, and he always has gifts. And it to uh, you know to AJ, it's like it's Carmela's fault that Tony had to leave. I think it's a very yep. common thing uh, when parents split up. But she's rightfully upset, and and even it's kind of like even mean when Tony is like, "What are you crying?" And it's like, "Yeah." <laughs> Yeah, this 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 sucks. This is awful. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah, great. And, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that the these kids who died in a car crash or whatever, or one of them died. It, it's kind of only to give Tony the extra motivation to buy this car, which is kind of a flip. I mean, obviously we're not counting this on a death counter, uh, but I mean, unless this character was in the show before, which I don't think they were. Yeah, no. um, it, it's 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 kind of a flippant sort of way to just give him that extra boost of motivation because I would totally buy this scene even without the other scene ending that way and I kind of expected them to tie in this fact that some kids died in school a bit more into the plot of the show if like if they're going to put it in there why wouldn't they use it a bit more you I know? think it also drives Carmilla later in the episode as well I mean I think she'd be upset mm. either way but I feel like uh, it's, yeah fair yep I feel fair. like it's on both of their minds as far as like okay we kind of have a shitty kid but we don't want him to die <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, this could happen like it could happen just like that. It, it, it is a little it's a little clumsy, but I think it's handled well enough. And I think it drives both Tony and Carmela throughout this episode uh, in regards to AJ. That does make sense. Although Tony later, he's more like, what was going on in that room? Poppers and weird sex. And I'm like, <laughs> that That's I didn't not get. What- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I love that. That was line. not what they were. Is that what they were doing in the car? Maybe. Who knows? Uh, anyway, yes. So uh, after this scene, we uh, get the clip from well, the intro with Melfi reading. Or yeah, what were well, you I was say? just going to say we should point out that the, the one of the I think it's a great uh, detail of how Carmel is different is the fact that she does come back to Tony here when he's kind of mean. Like, what are you going to cry? And then, you know, it comes up. One of the bills is for a new component center for the home theater. And he's like, why should I pay for that? And then he's, you know, just so you and your friends could watch movies. And she comes back with, at least I have friends. Uh, (laughs) You know, you just have, you're the boss. Everyone's scary you. And they laugh at your stupid jokes. And 
Tony does his thing where he tries to play it off, but it's even clear, even though it's way more important later, it's clear mm-hmm. in this moment that it also kind of hurts. It's like really truthful and hurts him. And he's like, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm running a popularity contest. What do I care? Yeah, it's a good point because that is very central for his story here in the episode as well. And she is the one who sort of brings that to light. Even though it's it's, it's like 20 minutes into the episode that this gets brought up, I feel like it in a way it's like his almost his central thing in the episode tying into Feech and, and, and even, uh, yeah, his own family dealings as well. Anyway, we have Melfi reading the letter, which is uh, uh, such a fun little scene. I mean, yeah. for so many reasons, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because it, it works so well as, you know, you, it's like Tony did sit down to write this and he really kind of put thought into it, trying to sound intelligent beyond Melfi's level. But also, as Melfi points out, he still kind of blames her more <laughs> than himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then just, you know, even with Elliot, like, saying cunt, and she's like, yes, okay. And, you know, <laughs> them breaking it down a bit. Uh, it's a great scene. And, he, I mean, Elliot isn't in the episode any more than this. And the, even this storyline doesn't really move that much uh, besides this. But it is just a more way more fun way to do it than have her like read it in a voiceover or read it out loud in her own office because you get to have them play off each other and like her reading it to someone who who gets why it's fucking weird that he would write this and and he's like oh uh cunt yes uh yes it's cunt um and uh yeah all the spelling mistakes and i think we've all at some point in our lives written something where we try to sound a lot smarter than we are to make it seem like we're on someone else's level feels exactly like something AJ would put in his college application with all the wither twos and, and therefores <laughs> and everything. So so like father, like son, I say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then after that's quick scene, Carmela gets a call from Robert, the advisor. Um, and I mean, I think as we see later that it is like a date, like a dinner date. So yeah, I mean, just, just the way he does it, it yeah. seems like such a pickup, which is uh, inappropriate, right? Yeah, but I mean, does Carmela even get it at, in the moment? Uh, that's what I was trying to figure out if mm. I could should read it from that scene or not. Like, does she understand? She's kind of being courted a little bit. Uh, I guess it's not super important, but I'm not sure. Uh, it's a good question. I'll, I'll have. I'm just looking at it now. I think she's in this scene doesn't get it. I think she gets it later. Yeah, um, just. But I, it's hard to say. I mean, she's smart. She she picks up on things around her. Um, so maybe, but I think she's more so focused on AJ's issues that someone coming out with an olive branch, like, I had an idea. It's like, oh, my God, really? Amazing. Let's do this. And then only later, it's like, oh, this feels a bit like a date. Well, I think it's maybe even, a, I think it's probably better if she doesn't pick it up because it's like a nice reversal. Of, usually, Carmilla's the one that is like, you know, oh, maybe we'll go by and look at your garage to see if your mother will live there. And yeah. and Furio might not quite understand what she's getting at. But now Carmela's the one a little bit more busy and not seeing that, you know, uh, she's getting she's getting some uh, courtship here, which is kind of nice. It's good for Carmela because, you know, her sad pining <laughs> can only go on for so long. Yeah, I mean, we've all tried that old uh, mom in the garage pickup line, and, and <laughs> yeah. it's not a surprise that it doesn't work because it's so overplayed by now. Um, but yeah, you're right. She she gets yeah. she gets some action. Uh, well, not really, but she gets some potential yeah. for action. Um, but she tries to mend things with, with AJ as well. They're having dinner, um, and you, you just kind of have to realize the sadness of them having there just the two of them sitting there and like is it's pointed out in the episode it's just the two of them all the time and you're gonna get on each other's nerves no matter what never mind the fact that you know he's having trouble in school and and life um but she tries to relate to him uh, with the beatles trivia and and stuff like that and he's literally like oh this is like common ground (sighs) it's so most teenager ever yeah it's so heartbreaking and it, but it also it's because I've been AJ. I've been that kid where you kind of know yep. your parents are trying to uh, relate to you. But like when you're a kid, it's just like fuck everyone. I'm a I'm a I'm the boss. I'm a king. I can do whatever I want. But now that I'm an adult, I kind of relate obviously more with Carmilla. And I'm like, oh, she's just trying to. She just wants to. You know, this it's her son. She carried him. <laughs> She carried him in her womb uh, for nine months. She raised him, changed his diapers, and she just wants to have a nice dinner. God damn it. Don't tell her it's a basic 4-4. <laughs> yeah, four, four. Very true. 
It's a basic four <laughs> four. Uh, and even it's it's heartbreaking from the other angle as well because even though AJ obviously is AJ and he's he's a teenager and he's angsty at everything, but she, when she what is it that um, what was I thinking of that she says? Oh, she's like, oh, am I really so horrible? And he's like, you're not horrible. And then he has to add, get, get over, over yourself, yourself. <laughs> like, because he's even trying. And then when when he wants to go, and and she's like, just go. And then, but then he's like, Ugh, if you're gonna be a martyr about it, I'll stay. And that's his way of reaching out and yeah. going like, I don't want to go. But he's being so mean, even when trying to do that, that not now she's forcing him to leave, even though he actually doesn't really want to. Uh, so everyone's unhappy. Yes. Yeah, it's it's a really uh, well done scene. Feels very real, uh, and it, yeah, it's just kind of what what happens. You know, you you want to rebel against your parents uh, and be your own person, and especially in this situation. Uh, then we're kind of back at the card ga- oh, at the card game. David Lee Roth's there. Uh, they're kind of talking about cars. Um, and t- I like that Tony mentions that he pulled his uh, GPS out because that's such a Tony thing. Like, especially at the time, you know, GPS was such a new like you know elite thing to have in your car now it's pretty standard but you know you'd be scared like ah i don't need them track i'd pull that fucking global positioning shit out uh i just like it yeah i just remembered uh just now like an episode of dexter from even (laughs) like way after this show where they're like oh we're gonna use the gps on the car to find the thing (laughs) and now it's like yeah we all are gps all the time and our targeted ads are based on what we're close to so like yeah you're not gonna murder anyone anytime soon (laughs) and then what feach tells his joke about you know oh this is the first jewish account never be to heaven uh so he gets like all this great stuff over you know jesus or whatever it was and then tony's joke is like the accountant on the airplane it's a boring 747 or something like that yeah and it's such a bad joke but everyone's like ah laughing hard and i love this use of the slow-mo and how it comes back to it later uh it's one of my favorite things i love that slow-mo shot because when feech is in the background you kind of expect it to move over to him and we get the other version of the shot later where it actually does that because that's what we're thinking of with feech and everything and how everyone's like just doing whatever he wants besides feech um so so it's a great shot i also love how the audio works in the slow-mo shot because it's not like the audio isn't slowed down so it's like ho 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 it's actually like (laughs) it's like paulie walnuts laughing like he would usually do and that gives it an extra feeling of their laughing way longer than they should and we're in his mind his mind where he gets like woozy and panic attacks and things like that so so yeah it's it's a good shot one to really emphasize yeah well exactly. yeah and it's nice because i like i think we're the audience we're a little ahead of tony in this case like just be- with as far as features concerned and tony's just focusing on carmela's comment in that you know people just laugh like he doesn't really have friends but then later on yeah it's more in the a relation to Feech. Um, Feech is actually like he has a knife in the background yeah. <laughs> out of focus in that yeah, shot, yeah. just to point that out. Yeah, he's like haunting. <laughs> he's like haunting in the background. Um, and then from there, what we see the, oh, it's back to Carmilla. And then she decides to let AJ go to the Mudvayne concert. Uh, <laughs> they started working, I believe Robert Iller, I don't know if he still does, but at the time was into a lot of these new metal bands. Uh, so they did work a lot of this stuff in from what he was really into. Oh yeah, I didn't even realize it was uh, a real band uh, until just now, because uh, it does sound like Mudvayne. Sounds like a made-up uh, band for a show, but I guess they're real. Um, but you're right. Like like she brings up later, this is her like falling for like she, this is her folding because she doesn't like being the bad guy she doesn't like the scene that just happened she wants to be more like tony even though she knows what tony's doing is actually wrong yes yeah and she i mean she tries to at least do a compromise let him go to the concert but then just go stay with meadow which is very reasonable um yeah. but now you know as we see not to aj uh then we have uh, we see the car heist going on at the doctor's kid's wedding. He was he's been talking he was talking about the wedding earlier in the scene, and at first I didn't make the connection. I just thought, oh, Tony decided to rob his friend, <laughs> you know, uh, until we you know later on when Tony gets word on it. Because even when he goes to see him and Tony's at the Bing and he's all kind of fucked up a little bit, and he's like, hey, the wedding. I thought he was being Tony, like, 
of course I know the wedding's going on. I stole all your friends' cars. Uh, but no, Tony actually didn't do it. Yeah, I, I, I think I connected it to Feach uh, pretty much at once just because they were focusing so much on him and his card game and, yeah. you know, the battle going on between him and Tony and all. Um, and what is it? They, like, leave the American cars or whatever or, or like, leave some of them but take yeah, some of them, that's right? a, Yeah, one of the gags they throw in is, like, they left all the American cars. Yeah, they took all the foreign cars. I guess they're worth more. I don't know shit about cars. <laughs> okay. Because they're, they're saying a bunch yeah, of car yeah. stuff around here, and I don't know what they're talking about. Like, I got the S70. <laughs> I had to get on a waiting list. Yes. To tell us uh, what the fuck we're talking about, please do email us at showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com with all your car info so we can broaden our understanding yeah. a bit. AJ does come out of this concert and uh, calls Meadow to say, oh, yeah, I don't know if I can make it. And Meadow's not complaining too much because she's got her hot boyfriend there and they're fooling around on the couch. They don't really want AJ in the picture anyway, so she goes along with the whole lie. Uh, meanwhile, Carmilla's having a nice glass of wine in a bath with some bubbles and uh, she's still not looking happy. Yeah, uh, and I mean, I've never seen Frida, but I believe they're watching Frida and I guess that just gets the juices going because, yeah, <laughs> Meadow, and, I, Meadow and Finn are ready to to get it on and i and it when it first cuts to carmilla in the tub i'm like oh good for you she's having a nice relaxing night but yeah she's still worrying about aj she calls meadow and then even tries to you know connect with her daughter a little bit but you know she's ready to to you know uh do the dance do the do this do the naked dance so she doesn't want to she's we're in the middle of a movie i don't want to talk to you yeah, exactly. Uh, even though the movie's finished. Uh, I, I believe you're right. I think that is the film. And I think I've seen it. Uh, I don't remember much. Shit. Smoking the weed, I assume, uh, out of a, a homemade Sprite bottle bong or something. Yeah. You froze up. I got you back now, though. Ah, uh, shit. Okay. Uh, I was just saying, uh, AJ's smoking the weed. He's puffing on that good stuff out of a huge Sprite bottle or something, right? Yeah, I believe you also said you don't remember much of Frida. I assume it's because you and your girlfriend just started having sex as soon as it started. Got you really in the I mood. mean, this makes so much sense because it explains why you didn't laugh at my hilarious joke oh, I made right. where I was like, I don't remember much, but I did get very horny. Okay. Like so, so this makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, over to AJ. And uh, yeah, he's got these friends there and they're gonna like draw on each other and they're gonna get fucked up in this hotel room which is bad but i guess to be fair what they're doing is not that bad i mean it's bad but they're not out getting like into car crashes they're literally just sitting in this room and like drawing on each other they're not even fucking up the room except gluing his face to the carpet i mean it is mostly yeah run-of-the-mill teenage boy shit i mean the gluing the face and the shaving the eyebrows is a tad extreme but uh you know sometimes you get there yep very true and uh we do and by the way these are his new cool friends i guess like or have were they in the picture when he met his girlfriend and that or are these new people I, I don't even know as far as i know they're new people but yeah you never know with aj he he hangs yeah. out with the football kids he hangs out with the other rich kids he's making friends everywhere he does well for himself. Seriously, though, he, he he might not have the grades, but he's a social butterfly mm-hmm. from what I've seen. Like, he never gets into a fight with anyone from school. Everyone kind of likes AJ and wants to hang out with him. He got, he's got he got a hot girlfriend that he brags about to his dad later. Yeah. So, I mean, he, kid's not doing that bad. Um, and so, yeah, like you mentioned, we, we have the, uh, the doctor show up to the strip club, and Tony fi- finds out that uh, the... The cars were boosted and all of that. I think he he makes the connection, but it's not until a few scenes later we get to actually pick up on it. They really want to find this one car. Like Tony says, the insurance will cover it, but that's not the point. It's a very special car, which makes you kind of go like, well, fuck these people. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He paid 30 grand just to kind of get on the list to get the car or something. Something really rich people do. And then, yes, then we see AJ's glued to the rug. It's pretty funny. The phone's ringing because Carmela's calling. They don't want to answer. The maid's knocking on the door. Uh, The other dude has some stuff drawn in his face, but it's not quite as bad as having your eyebrows (laughs) shaved. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But at least they've replaced them. Isn't that kind of fashionable these days? Yeah, they they drew them on. Carmela calls Tony. She's very upset. She's worried that he's dead, basically. Because, uh, again, yeah. I think that ties into what, what happened with those kids that died on their way to school. 
Um, yeah. And, you know, Tony, like, calm down. I'll go over there. I'll go check it out. As AJ com- gets home, says, fuck you to his mother. And then she tries to chase him up the stairs and she falls and, like, bangs her knee. And it is like, it's like, uh, uh, AJ, what are you doing? And he even has a moment, like, he has to stop for a second. But it's like, he can't go back and and apologize because you've got all this teenage angst. So you understand yeah. things are getting bad, but he just runs to his room. Yeah, because he, he stops and looks back at her and he's like, oh, shit, I should do something. And then when she looks at him, it's like, and he just like teenages out and has to run off. Yeah. Um. So, so uh, yeah, uh, let's see. Christopher's phoning a uh, car guy, uh, their car, car guy to figure out where this uh, these cars are going and they're going to make some calls. And like, of course, Tony can do this. He's just call up like someone <laughs> and then we find like we've seen him find stolen cars before. So uh, or well, he he didn't like because it was already put a taken apart right so he had to, like boost a new car for aj's yeah, teacher or that something. was when he had big yeah. pussy though because big pussy had the auto shop so yeah maybe oh, that's right. why they would have found it quicker uh ever since he went into witness protection we've <laughs> just been trying playing catch up with these cars uh well so tony uh he doesn't care so much about the car thing at the moment because he has trouble with his family and he rushes home and he's ready to give that kid a one two what for and and really he's mad and then it just AJ just manages to do his AJ thing and Tony just completely folds as he's done a lot of times in the past. And that is like, first I was like, oh, that's the big turning point of the scene. But the big thing is that Carmilla's had enough of both of them, as she says, and actually goes, well, you take him then because I can't deal with this. Yeah. And and it it harkens back to Meadow and how she knew how to kind of handle her parents and I feel like if if we weren't dealing with this separation and this other stuff going on between Tony and Carmilla this would have worked on both of them uh there is a nice moment where AJ's still kind of hung over and he sees Tony pull up pissed off so he like kind of throws a clean shirt on and makes it seem like he's cleaning his room or whatever uh and it's so great there's some funny moments here when Tony sees him without the eyebrows and he goes what's different (laughs) He's like, what's different about you? Wait, what's going on? Uh, And then, yes, the line that he says, it's something like that teacher. Is there some kind of proclivity with you and that teacher? Poppers and weird sex. And I don't know where he gets this from. And I I assume that teacher, is he talking about the advisor? Like, does he think it's somehow related to that? It's just a really funny, random line. Uh, Yeah. Uh, and and I don't know where he gets oh, this from. Or is it is it like <laughs> is it like the teacher from last season who was assigning all these gay books according to Carmilla? Is that what he's talking about? Maybe I don't know. But it's a, it's a funny line because it's just like, what are you doing? Like he, he's going, he's Tony's going crazy, kind of. Uh, yeah. And then yes, it comes to a head where finally Carmilla's like, he can just you know he can go live with you, and it it does feel like it is a good. Uh, decision because fine let tony be the parent for for a while uh you know and aj does because even aj's like yeah let's do that because he does he is under this impression that it would be better uh as we see i mean maybe in some respects it is a lot of guys hanging out eating pizza and wings watching tv uh but then you still got tony around that's going to be like go go do your homework and it's not going to be like with carmilla yeah, I mean, he wanted to move in with Tony when Tony was just living in their home cinema. Yeah. So to him, it's like, oh, cool, great, this will be great. Um, but yeah, it is probably a good move just to make AJ realize that Carmilla's not evil and that Tony's, you know, he, just that he lets AJ get away with stuff doesn't make him a good parent. Um, and we'll probably get to see some of that moving forward. Carmilla, she does say, like, she lays it out basically that AJ's not doing anything wrong. He's just testing the limits as he should. And then we're the ones who are doing it wrong, specifically you, because I can't do it with, with you doing all this stuff. So why don't you deal with it for a bit? And yeah, it does seem like it's all cool. We're just uh, eating pizza, talking about hotboxing each other and such and, and watching old black and white films. Cause no one can like afford to watch a new thing in this show ever. So yeah, fun times. Yeah. They're watching Jackie Gleason, which is, the, that is the guy that's like uh boy are you fat uh they ah. 
and okay. I do like the little detail of like, remember that time we left Artie out in the snow and he almost lost his fingers? <laughs> we still laugh about it to this day. It's such a great yeah. Artie story. Uh, but yeah, so that's yeah. all going on because now he gets to live with, yeah, not only Tony, but Artie's there and sometimes, uh, you know, Tony B's there. And yeah, they're having wings, watching sports. Uh, but it's meanwhile, yeah, Feech goes to uh, see Tony because Tony needs to ask him about the, the cars. Uh, and I like how it does. Tony brings up like this is the second time I'm playing catch up with you. And he almost sounds crazy uh, yeah. where he's like, you know, the lawn thing. But he's right. You know, Feech, it's what he didn't go to him with a cut. I mean, he did have it ready because he knew he was probably like in trouble. But yeah. he, you know, he, he very well could have just tried to keep it out. Uh, of Tony's ear and try to just uh, keep all the money himself. Yeah, I think it was, he he only had it in an envelope because he got a call like, "Hey, you got to yeah. come over," and he, he figured that's what it was about. Um, but yeah, t- Tony. Um, let's see, we do get this sort of flash here because it's all uh, it's all getting crazy and 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 he's yelling about what i have to call you every time i move my bowels and and he mentions that you put those car through cars through some other shop uh not the ones that we have and and he mentions that johnny sack put him onto this place and that's not gonna calm tony down necessarily or i mean not that tony's you know more mad about it but it's worrying whenever someone starts talking to johnny sack they probably need to be get gotten out of there and uh yeah tony also gets to yell like i don't want to hear any more of your yeah. shit stories <laughs> i don't want to hear any more about back in the day and to yeah. feature's point it makes sense because he's like look to me like you're a kid you were a kid and now you're the boss and that's somewhat similar to what tony b's dealing with of like you know you were just my my best friend my brother but now i have to think of you as the boss that's that's going to be kind of tough to to adjust to a little bit. Uh, and then, yes, then we see the flashback again to the laughing. And, yeah, Feech is just making a fuck. He's staring daggers at him. And as you said, he's got a knife in his hand. He's, like, buttering bread or some shit. Uh, yeah. And it's a nice callback, too, because Tony just says, did I learn nothing from Richie April? Uh, yeah. Which, yeah, the, it, it, I, I like that they kind of – call it out here that it the, this could be another Richie April situation, but Tony is a little bit smarter now. He's going to nip it in the bud. And, uh, yeah, I mean, basically we, we can go through the thing. He just sets them up for the most part. Uh, yeah, it's, it's done. It plays off of features features thing that we know, even though it hasn't been that many episodes, he likes to have his fingers in everything. So it's such a perfect way to set him up. Just the fact that, oh, you know, we got this thing going on. Like, oh, let me help because I'll get a piece. I'll at least get something out of it. He always, he's always working that Feech Lamana. Yeah, and I, I, uh, not that I've read it wrong, but I had a different impression of what was going on because I thought, okay, Tony is really realizing that no one's being honest with him. Uh, like no one's acting like telling him what they actually think. And then when we cut to everyone else laughing, yucking it up, and then we see Feech, I thought it might have gone the direction of like, well, Feech doesn't treat me like everyone else. Maybe I actually need someone like him around to like tell me when I'm being a fucking idiot. I mean, Silvio is kind of there to do that, but Silvio is a kiss ass as well. Everyone is. But like Feech would be someone who, if I can get him on my side properly, maybe he would actually be useful to have around and they do have they hug it out after that and then like you said after he leaves he goes like hey uh, well actually silvio goes maybe i was wrong about him so maybe silvio is getting the same feel that i am because feech does seem relatively genuine when he actually apologizes and says he'll learn and hey i still see you as a kid but tony decides uh the risk isn't really worth it let's nip it in the bud and when christopher comes over i'm like oh, they're gonna like drive him out somewhere and shoot him in the fucking head <laughs> that's so depressing but it, it i it's funny because it's like well he's he's a made man so you can't do that but you can totally set him up to go to jail <laughs> yeah yeah he's and and as um silvio says he's well liked but then tony mm. points out that's actually kind of part of the problem as well uh yeah. And I guess maybe maybe he's even not only just learning from the Richie April thing, but maybe what's going on in New York when we don't need, you know, uh, other well-liked people to maybe start, you know, a potential war or what have you over 
uh, who's kicking up to who and who has what say on whatever. So it's, it's a brilliant, it's a, it's a brilliant way that Tony handles this, even though it is kind of like maybe breaking the code a bit. It's not quite, uh, going FBI informant, but it's very close. Uh, cause you have to assume that that drop in that happens isn't, just unprompted like you know uh there's things going on behind the scenes to have that happen while the truck's there with stolen merchandise in his garage yeah exactly uh it was uh it is a smart move like you said getting rid of him um my my assumption is again having not watched the sopranos we're not gonna see this guy again um but because that and that's also something they do of like oh shit season five is gonna be all about Feach. <laughs> yeah. like, no he's yeah. back in jail now <laughs> and in a weird and the look way- on his face sorry yeah. to cut you off i was Go just ahead. gonna say like you uh rightly pointed out he does a lot of like big acting in like the previous episodes when he's yelling at paulie and all of that but the look on his face when he's on that bus as well is a lot more subtle and it's a good way to go out on this character and it's also like um in a weird way, a little more heartbreaking than just, you know, being brought out in the woods and have a bullet in your head where it's like, yeah, all right, you know, back to the old clink, you know, <laughs> going to spend the rest of my life in jail, basically, uh, yeah. at least for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And then, yeah, so we just have a quick scene where, where Silvio's like, oh, yeah, Christopher agrees. And Tony's like, well, that's cute, but fuck everyone. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to run a popularity contest. I'm going to eat my sandwich and fuck out. Fuck you all. Yes. Uh, and then we come back to Carmilla to end the episode. And she's, uh, you know, we, we kind of you can see where this is going, because as we've t- talked about the house, it's been getting more and more run down and, and seemingly bigger in a weird way as we've lost Meadow and then we've lost Tony. Now it's AJ. But I like this little thing they throw in with the kind of quick little flashback memory. And it's, you know, we see AJ at the beginning zipping around in his car in the driveway. And then we see a little, a flashback to a little AJ zipping around on his big wheel uh, and Carmilla having to chase him down so he doesn't die. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then like she walks in and we get a great shot of her, uh, and the hugeness of the empty house. And I, I really did think, like, the pool has never been more empty. Like, thinking back to the ducks and that. Like, yeah. that was a thought in my head. And I was like, wow, yeah. I really am a twad, aren't I? <laughs> no, like, cause that was my first thought. Like, where all the ducks have flown away, Jacob. Oh, wow. Like, <laughs> you know what it uh, made, that, it is, it made that ending sorry. scene perfect is then the ducks come out of the fireplace or something. <laughs> <laughs> And then that she has an, that's another flashback. She's like, and, and then the ducks are gone. <laughs> we did totally skip over her date, um, but oh, you know it's, yeah. it's skippable stuff. I, I think with everything else going on, uh, she gets to feel kind of like she she's being pursued, like you said. But it's also a bit awkward because she's not on the same level as this guy who just like to be fair, he's kind of like, oh yes, in this book and uh, oh this author, it's like just like that. And she's like, oh oh, I'll have to pick that up. And she can't even spell it when she's writing it down. Yeah, Madame Bovary, which I've never read. I've heard it referenced in movies and TV before. Quick thing, yeah. I mean, it, I guess the summary here it tells a bleak story of a marriage that ends in tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a thing going on with Charles Bovary, a good-hearted but dull and unambitious doctor with a meager practice, marries Emma, a beautiful farm girl raised in a convent. Uh, she anticipates marriage as a life of adventure. She finds that her only excitement derives from the flights of fancy as she takes while reading sentimental romantic novels. She grows increasingly bored and unhappy with her middle-class existence, and even the birth of her daughter, birth, brings Emma little joy. I'm not going to go too much into it, but it does... Uh, grasping for intimacy, she begins to act out her romantic fantasies and embarks on a disastrous love affair. So this guy's also, yeah. this guy's really planting seeds here. Like, oh, remember your bad marriage that you're separated? Maybe you need to spice it up with a nice uh, love affair with me, the advisor. Yeah. And and usually you'd expect them to do, like, the title of the episode uh, as a reference to the book that's referenced in the show. Uh, but they don't uh, do that. It's uh, All Happy Families is the name of the episode. It's from the opening sentence of uh, Anna Karenina. So all happy families are alike. 
every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. Mm. Um, referring, of course, to how, you know, shit is falling apart in this family. Uh, and it, it also kind of saying that it's more interesting to have a story about a broken family because a happy family is just boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and also, like, uh, you know, it's not like Tony's ever going to recommend a book... <laughs> to Carmilla so you know it's this it's this nice new thing and a new person you get to learn about and they kind of respect your intelligence more and it's just all the you know open opportunities that could, could come along with that Weirdly, I don't think he does. Like, this is my prejudice of him. Like, in, on this date, he's kind. He's not really talking to her. He's not really connecting. He's just kind of blabbing. Yeah, uh, it, it's kind of connected, but he, he's totally failing at making a meaningful connection there. It feels like he's just attracted to her. But we'll see if I'm wrong or right moving forward in season five. Yes. Yeah. I'm feeling so, it. We're we're working right on through. We're getting there. Yeah, and and like I said, they they have some mob stuff. I mean, especially with Feech, but also like the the slow plot of New York and what's going on there is very much in the background in this episode. Like we have two deaths, but they're like only referenced in one scene, and then it's like about Feech and his stealing cars from Tony's pals. Like it's it's uh, you know <laughs> zooming in and out of different areas a lot, and the the New York thing is still sort of simmering. And as we know from The Sopranos, sometimes things simmer and come to a boil. Sometimes they just explode or they just go to jail yeah. uh that's another thing that could happen so i'm interested to see where it goes um please do send your thoughts to us either on shows what you know show at gmail.com or just leave a review on itunes and we'll read out your thoughts on the show on this show and just on the sopranos besides that there is jimandthem.com for jim's other content i also have content as they say these days at awesomepedia.org and besides that there's only one more thing we need to point out oh wait what's that oh that would be cut to black <laughs> 